0: Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's turn our Bibles tonight to Malachi 3.6. We are talking about having a faith revolution. That means that you and I have the ability to overthrow that which is not acceptable, that which is not desired, that which is not wanted. We can transform the places that we are at. And uh, today that almost seems like speaking empty words into empty heavens because people today just are not aggressive enough to lay hold of what is rightfully theirs. And so we're all waiting for, you know, maybe heaven to, you know, have an election and, and get a president up there that will do everything for you. Well, that's not going to happen. God gives us faith and we have to use it. Amen? And so, in, I want to talk to you tonight about faith requires an established position. It requires a mindset. And if we could talk about today's world, we could talk about people that are weak-minded, people that never have a thought of their own. They only repeat what they hear on TV or repeat what they hear somebody else say. And that simply means that they are weak-minded. People have surrendered to a life without conviction because conviction requires confrontation or an established stand. And so we're going to talk tonight about a few things that I think we won't get through. them. But we're going to talk about a couple of the things that allow faith to work. And if they are not established, they will not work. Now, there is nothing wrong with faith, but there is something wrong with the people's concept and thought as well as their activation of it. We are convinced that this Bible just does not work, so we have to help God out. You don't have to help God out. A miracle is a miracle. Amen? All righty. In Malachi 3.6, it says these words, For I am the Lord, and I change not. I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Now, when did God say that he wouldn't consume the sons of Jacob if they did wrong, if they messed up, or if they didn't comply with God. He says it to the father of faith, Abraham. I will bless thy seed. And based upon that, because God doesn't change, no matter what Israel does, God is still in the midst of Israel. Now, we understand that In John 1, 1, God is the Word and the Word is God. The Word was God and the Word was in the beginning. We also understand by this passage of Scripture that if God doesn't change, then it's impossible for His Word to change. Amen? It's impossible for God's Word to change. And so you and I have to determine what we are going to believe. Psalms 89. Let's go to Psalms 89 and verse 34. Psalms 89 and verse 34. And we always think that God's trying to do something special for us or something unique in our life. He doesn't and he isn't. Psalms 89, verse 34 says this, my covenant will I not break. A covenant is a position of stating something or, as it were, swearing to something, making a vow, saying something that one is committed to bringing to pass. That's what a covenant is. We call them contracts today. And it says, I will not break my covenant, nor alter the thing that is going out of my lips. I have sworn to David by my holiness that I will not lie unto David. Now, God says a lot of things right there. Number one, God is not going to break his covenant. In other words, there's not enough pressure to make God change. Number two, he will not alter that which has gone forth out of his lips. Now, what is this? This is the inspired, the spoken word of God into men's hearts. Now, the second part of this Bible is that when we meditate, think about, ponder, seek out, search out answers that this Bible releases an audible voice which is called Rama or the living voice behind the thought so we understand that God is not going to alter his word Good again amen absolutely numbers 23 19 says it this way God is not a man that right there is something that we need to establish. I said this one time in my life, and I have felt like a dog ever since. Well, I'm going to go upstairs and talk to the man upstairs. I was going up a set of steps, and I told that, well, I'm going up here to talk to the man upstairs. Buddy, God said, just when did I become a man? I, I said, well, you know, I, I, yep, I'm sorry. Well, we sometimes measure God within the confines, the possibilities, and the limitations of a man. And we think God can only do what a man reasons or perceives is possible. That's not true at all. The Bible said that God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he will make it good. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. Now think about what we just amen. God will bring to pass that which he said. In other words, I won't alter what I said. What I said, I knew the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. When I said something, I committed the power of myself to bring it to pass. To bring it to pass. God's upholding all things by the power that is infused in the Word or infused in himself. And so, now we have that God's not a man that he should lie. What he said, he would bring to pass. What he spoke, he would make good. Now, the great question in all of this is, how many of us really believe that? Or how many of us are, are talked out of Believing that. See, when we fail in faith, it is because we have been confronted with a question about God's faithfulness. And when we question His faithfulness, there is only one thing to do, abandon faith. Psalms 110.4 Psalms says this, The Lord hath sworn and will not repent. He will not repent. If God said something about you, about any situation, about the result or the outcome of you trusting him, then he will bring it to pass. But as soon as we start using our faith, what happens? Here comes all these questions. Now, the Bible says in 2 Timothy that questions gender strife. Now, that word gender strife means that questions which come from the reasoning of man ask or puts the question forth Can it happen? And what that creates is a battlefield that has never until that moment existed. Now we have a battle between reason and faith. Now man has to contend with the pressure of the questions whether God is really God. What have we established in our heart? I know that you probably already know this, but I'm still putting it out there. What was the strength of Abraham standing against the impossibility of him having a son out of his own dead loins and out of the deadness of Sarah's womb. What man thinks that insanely? What man would determine that he is the one that's going to supersede historical records about having a child? Many of you might not know that after Abraham, Sarah died, you know that Abraham married five other women. He married a woman that had five kids. He started the life cycle and just couldn't cut it off. But the Bible says when God made a promise to Abraham, what he did, he swore, he made a vow, a covenant he spoke a word to Abraham and this was the word the seed out of your own loins will be the child of the promise Abraham counted God not a man but he counted him as having the nature of impossible to lie So Abraham was not afraid to declare what the end would be, even though, remember, next year at this time. Not nine months, next year at this time. So it probably took up to three months for Sarah to conceive. And then three or four months before Sarah started showing. Remember, she has no other evidence because the time or the nature of a woman has already passed. She's been through menopause. She does not run a woman's cycle in order to ovulate and to produce... uh, Yeah, whatever that is. I'm glad you all know that. So... Now here's six months Abraham has to walk around believing that he's going to have a child. You can't get most Christians to hold fast their faith for a week. Because we've already in our minds surrendered that if it doesn't happen, I'll make another way. See, we really have not been established in the place that God's word is absolute. Okay, hallelujah. Titus 1, 2. Which God who cannot lie promised before the world began that eternal life would be given to man. Before the world began. So God knew the end of his promise and he knew that he would have to bring it to pass. So let's just think about this. You and I need to establish that God's word is absolute. If not, faith is impossible to succeed. You know, 40 years ago, when I come out of the factory, I quit five times in one day. I told the Baptist right across the table from me, I said, that's it. You know what? I'm going to do what God wants me to do. And he said, okay, what's that? He said, I said, I'm going to go preach the gospel. He said, okay. So I threw my shop towel down, put my hammer down, my drill down, put everything down, turned and walked away. Got to the door, come back. He said, what happened with you preaching for God? I said, well, I'm going to. He said, I think you ought to. So I quit again. Headed for the door, about got to the door and got rehired. He said, uh, getting a little tough there. I said, well, I'll tell you what. Praise God, I know God's called me. He said, I didn't say he didn't. I said, I'll tell you what. Praise God. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I quit the third time. Same thing on the fourth time. The last time I stood there and I said this. If God said he would meet all my needs, and he's going to meet all my needs. And if I can't trust him to meet my needs, how in the world do I think I can trust him to take me to heaven? Either God's real or he's not. I turned around and walked out and made it through the door and went home to study for the ministry. That's what I did. I quit five times in one day. There is no changing of God. There is no veritableness of shadow of turning. It doesn't matter what the elements do. It doesn't matter what the solar system does. It doesn't matter. God will not alter what he said. Hallelujah. So we need to get established. Somebody say established. We need not to doubt God. Now, how does this happen? You have to meditate on it. Well, how will I know when it happens? Well, when God shows up, he wrote with his finger on stones the Ten Commandments. But now the Bible says in... Hebrews, the 8th chapter, Hebrews, the 10th chapter, that God no longer writes on the tablets of stone, but he writes upon the heart of man. So you realize that when God comes and says something to you, he writes it on your heart. And so we have to allow that time of meditation and spending time with God. Well, I just don't have that much time. It takes as much time to win as it does to lose. Which place do you want to end up? Success or failure? All right. And then let's go to Romans 3. Romans 3. Romans 3.3 3 through 4. So God is not a man that he should lie. Somebody say what the Bible says, God knew what he meant. And if he said it, he'll make it good. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. We have got to and and I understand all these Bible translations and I you know I guess you could just pick one. I mean, I'm not telling you to do that because I, I believe in old, old King James. But if you are, never mind. That, that is just nothing good going to come out of that statement. But if you want to find something that you wanted to say that will help you, there's plenty of them out there. But I don't think that there is any more sure place to find God than taking the word of God and seeking it and comparing it with itself. Romans 3, verse 3 and 4. For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief, their doubt, their questions, the rule of reason in their life over faith. Shall it make the faith of God without effect? Will God forbid? In other words, man cannot stop God nor alter what God said. And then he says, for God forbid, yea, let God be true, But every man a liar, as it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. So, some people are not going to believe. That's okay. Don't side with them. Don't side with them. Side with God but what what if I fail what if you don't you know what if what if what if what if I don't know but you can't what if yourself into faith you're gonna have to stand and say what God said believe what God believes and embrace and get established in what God declared. How many of you really believe you're saved? Why do you think God answered that prayer? By faith. You're kidding me. So evidently, you already believe in one promise that God will not lie. You believe in the second promise that when you prayed, He heard you. Herb, man, you believed in the third part. He answered. You believe in the fourth part. He raised you up and seated you with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. Well, just how hard has that been? Couldn't you do that with every promise? Sure, but the problem is we just think that God doesn't lie in one area. Then, Romans 2.11, this is a great thing you need to get a hold of. God is not a respect of persons. Stop thinking that you're something special that makes God not like you that you're so special that God would lie and not answer your prayer. Think that you're so special that you could sow a seed, but God would never come through for you. Who do you think you are? God is not a respect of persons. Therefore, Jesus said these strong words... The Father loves you just like he loves me. Get out of here. Can you really believe, David, knowing yourself that God loves you as much as he loved Jesus? No, I I mean, really, how, how many of you could embrace that God actually loves me just the way I am? Why, certainly. He loves us so much he was motivated to do everything we needed before we ever needed it. So we have to realize that God's not a respective person. You may hate yourself, but God doesn't hate you. You may be disappointed in yourself. God's not disappointed in you. You know, you may have a million negative thoughts about you. But God doesn't have one negative thought about you. Never has. Because love thinketh no evil. You know, God has never, ever repeated a matter concerning my blunders and failures. Well, I think he told the devil about mine. No, no. The, the devil saw him, saw them, and he recorded them, but God didn't. And when the devil comes up to God and says, "Hey, man, did you see what Pete did?" Yes, I'll tell you, I loved it. This morning he got up and said, "Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm so excited about Pete. No, 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 that's not what he did. Oh well, that's what I got on my books. What is that book filled with lies? say about Peter. See, God doesn't even calculate stuff like that, but we do. We do. No, God's not a respect of persons. Romans 10, 9, what we all based our eternal life on, whosoever. That means whosoever. But you don't know what I did. Don't have to know what you did. I do know what the chief of all sinners did. He already trumped you. So you're not a chief, you're an Indian. And God forgave Paul. Whosoever is in the storm and declares that I am Lord and then does what I've said to him He shall come through the storm without losing everything. Who is that? Whosoever. 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 So two things we talked about. Number one, it's impossible for God to lie. Stop thinking that God is a man. He will not lie to you. What if he gets up there and he, he says, well, Peter, man, I, I appreciate everything you did for me and, you know, I I wish things turned out a little different. But, you know that stuff of blotting out all your sins? Ha! That's not true. I got a whole book of stuff that you did. But God, I, I repented. Yeah, I, I know that's in there, but... Ha. That's not for everybody. So, Pete, I hate to tell you, the stark reality of it is you're in the wrong place. And you're going to have to go to hell. But God, you said, oh, forget about what I said. I said lots of things, and, you know, people have misconstrued them, not taken them right, and, you know, uh, i you know, I'm sorry just the way that it is so next is that how you think God is going to treat us you think that God's going to lie and say he remembers all of the bad things that you and I have done no now I may get there and remember a whole bunch of stuff, but he won't remember any of them. Have you ever had God say, but God, you know what I did? He'd say, no, I don't. Remind me if you want to talk about it. But when you repented, I cast as far as east is to the west. What do you want me to do? God is not a man that he should lie. And I'm banking on that. I'm banking when that trumpet sounds, that voice comes. I'm coming up out of that grave. I'm coming through that cheap cardboard coffin that Phyllis put me in, and I'm breaking up out of that dirt. And she buried me on top of somebody else for a cheap price, and I'm coming up, and I'm going up, and I'm going to meet him in the air. That's what I'm believing Amen? So let's just trust that God doesn't lie. Don't add to, don't take away from. Let's just trust that God doesn't lie and He's not a respect of persons. That way you will be unmovable in your faith. Randy, I'm going to take a couple questions. Remember, we've been doing this on Wednesday night, so if you got a couple of questions about faith, then we want to answer those things. Boy, not, wind, a, not everybody at once. That wind of all them hands going up. Praise <laughs> God. Hallelujah. Right here on the front row, it's going to be a trick question. It's Brother John. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, John. I just heard a preacher once say, do not allow circumstances to redefine the Word of God. You know who said that? You did. Yes, absolutely. Amen. And you know what? When we allow reason to redefine God, what we do is we allow our emotions, our information, our education, and our knowledge that comes through our senses make us sense knowledge, makes us carnally minded carnally-mindedness causes you to abort all activity towards the law and the rule of God. So we don't want, allow that stuff to redefine God. God is God without us. Amen? Amen? And so you're absolutely right, John. You can't allow circumstances or anything else define or redefine God. Who God is from the Bible we have it all, all all over the world today. God is being redefined so but if you're going to live by faith and see the power of God, listen folks we could not put enough intensity on the statement that God wants to unveil himself to the world any more than God is trying to put that in the center of every man's life. Okay, anybody else? Boy, that was a quick one. Hallelujah. Grief, Pastor. So... As a Christian, I totally get it. But when you're trying to minister to someone that's not a Christian and they're going through grief, what, I guess, is your go-to? The only thing that we can do is when we have people that are not saved, that are reaching out, they can't comprehend. But Paul said it this way, when I was... In tribulation, God brought me out, and he comforted me. And I learned that through those hardships, how to comfort other people. And a lot of times, you know, sharing our faith, Marge, is not like a uh, UPS delivery. Here you go. What it is, is a delivery of truth, and then them seeing that truth lived and expressed through you. So you can tell people, look, God doesn't lie, and I know that God didn't do this, and da-da-da, and then you pray for them. And then you have to believe, God, whatever it takes, you have answered that prayer. And however it comes out, they will know that God answered that prayer, and they'll remember that prayer. So just... We always have to sow seeds. We always have to keep watering seeds. And God is constantly bringing people into our paths, into people's paths, to make sure that those seeds spring up and bring forth a harvest. And the other thing, Marge, to be, when when we talk about believing that God is not a liar, we have to trust him that God, everything you said, will not return to you void. So some way, God will do it. Anybody else? And it's going to be an early night. Hallelujah. Uh, life is like a railroad. you got to keep your foot uh, to the follow- uh you know what I'm trying to say, and uh, uh, your eyes on the rail. Keep your eyes on the rail, along with the car too. That's, <laughs> that's the railroad, huh? <laughs> Is that your statement? Yeah, that's right. Okay, good statement. All right. Anybody else? Question? <laughs> no, no. Eeny, meeny, miny, no. You good? No questions? Okay. Pastor, I guess that's it. Hallelujah. Well, let's stand our feet. Praise God forever. You know, I was supposed to be in Mexico today. Yesterday, I called and talked to him, and I was praying for the man I sent in my place, and uh, I was praying that God would just do something marvelous beyond uh, what he had ever seen. So I call him and talk to him last night, and uh, Eric says, oh, man, we had a great night last night, Pastor. I said, okay, well, what happened? He said, blind eyes. He said, all over the place. He said, probably the greatest one you would like is this little girl that's about five or six years old. She's totally crippled. She comes to the... uh, uh, meeting and uh, begins. we begin to pray for her. She lifts her hands up in the air and uh, she worships God for like two minutes. And all of a sudden, the guy that you sent, and I paid his way and all that, and took care of him. And uh, I said, uh, he said, he said, would you like to get up? She got up out of that wheelchair and Took off across that platform so I said well I guess I don't have to go to Mexico anymore and he said well no that's not what they're saying they want you back but I'm just telling you that something totally abnormal has taken place here and we'll be in another church tomorrow night we'll see the same thing so uh, you know praise God pretty soon I'll be fishing and not traveling and preaching. No, I won't. No. I told Phelps, I said, now, see, I could have been there, and I, I could have seen that miracle. She said, well, you shut up. Whining about somebody else getting to see what you've raised them up to see. Would you shut up? Next year, old Randy Waters, I'm putting him out on his own crusade next year. I am. I've already said it. I'm sending him out on his own, and he's going to have his own crusade, and uh, we're sending him to the headhunter village and uh, the, what do they call, cannibals and all that, and hopefully his message gets across. But I am sending Randy, the whole crew, to his own crusade next year. <laughs> what did you say? The further in Africa, the deeper we go. The worse condition than people we run into. I said, that's right. So we're going deeper, deeper, deeper. Deeper, deeper, deeper. So, praise God. Hallelujah. So let's raise our hands up. Father, you are the God of truth. And God, as we know you, you set us free. You break us, God, free from bondages and limitations. God, and you renew our minds. You revive our faith. And God, we want to thank you. You don't change, you don't alter, and you don't respect people. Father, we have faith in you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you. See you Sunday morning.